Let Tend Dental make your dream smile a reality. We offer a variety of top-rated treatments, including Invisalign aligners. And for a limited time, Tend is offering $750 off orthodontic treatments. Offer valid through January 31st, so don't wait. Visit hellotend.com slash sale. That's hellotend.com slash sale. And book your free consult today. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This is NFL Nuts. Sunday with Ryan Hannibal, Kirk Minahan, Rich Keith, and Christian Fourier. The ultimate football podcast. Let's get started with NFL Nuts. Sunday. Now here's Ryan Hannibal. Special guest this week on the Not Sunday podcast, all the way from Jacksonville, we have Mike Kay, who's a Jacksonville Jaguars beat writer for the First Coast News. Mike, thanks for joining me. Hey, sure thing. Thanks for having me. Not a problem. Uh, let's let's get off right started right away. What's the uh, general feeling down in Jacksonville right now? A lot of confidence. Uh, it's very interesting covering this team because this is my third year. On the beat, uh, they were a combined 8 and uh, 16 during the, uh, <laughs> the previous two years, and the fan base was just depressed. Now, uh, well, or sorry, they were 8 and 24. Wow, all those losses. <laughs> um, sorry about that. Uh, but now everybody's really super confident. They're, this is a very social media-friendly fan base. Um, there's a lot of millennials, and they're feeling pretty confident. So the the belief is among the fan base is that they can win the game. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. They're they're pretty confident right now. So you, you tell me, how can they do it? Well, I think for one, they're going to need Leonard Fournette to have a monster game like he did against the Steelers. He's going to have to run the ball efficiently and not pick up two to three yards. He's going to have to pick up four to five on every carry, which the Patriots allowed 4.7 yards per carry yep. during the regular season. Second to worst um, in the NFL. I think yeah, and on defense, they're going to have to force pressure up the middle. It's, I mean, it's, that's what's going to work. Uh, Marcel Darius, Calais Campbell, uh, Malik Jackson, uh, two of those guys are pro bowlers, one of, and the other one's a former all-pro. Um, then you have Yannick Ngakwe, who you can stunt inside. You've got to throw Brady off his spot. He can't be in the ta- he, he can't step up in the pocket the way uh, the Titans allowed him to. And I think that'll be the key to this game. Mm-hmm. Do Do you think the key is that the front four? Or, I guess I wanted to ask you about that front four. Have they gotten a lot of the sacks this year? Are they been covered sacks because of how good the secondary is, or are they good at getting at the, after the passer just by themselves? 
I would say it's a mixture of both. Uh, Yannick Ngakwe had eight sacks and, and a bunch of forced fumbles last year um, before they had both Boye and Ramsey. Uh, Calais Campbell had a career year this year, and he rushed from all four uh, defensive line positions. Malik Jackson's been a guy who's been on the verge of a Pro Bowl for years, and now he's now he is one. I mean, everybody had career years because of a mix between of how well the pass rush has gotten to quarterbacks and how well the coverage has been with Ramsey, Boye, Colvin, Gibson, and Church. So I think it's 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 a mixture. Mm-hmm. Now I wanted to ask you what your thoughts are on how they would how the Jaguars would potentially match up with Rob Gronkowski. How have they covered tight ends over the course of the season, and could they change change this week because of of facing Gronkowski? Well, they've mixed it up. Sometimes they've had linebackers like Telvin Smith or Miles Jack on the tight end. Sometimes they've had guys like Deshaun Gibson who suffered a pretty decent foot injury against the Steelers and was in a walking boot yesterday in the locker room. Um, but they did have A.J. Boye match up against Jimmy Graham at times, and he did pretty well there. Um, the growing suspicion is that they'll use Jalen Ramsey on Gronk at some point. If I were them, I would use him in the, in the red zone only and have uh, either Gibson, if he's healthy, or somebody like Boye or Colvin cover him in between the 20s. Because it's just, here's the thing, if, if you put your top cornerback or one of your, I mean, they're both extremely good. They're, they're one and one A. If you put one of those guys on Gronkowski, you could be susceptible to big plays from Chris Hogan or Danny Amendola or Brandon Cooks, you've got to just pick your poison there. It's one thing to cover Gronkowski, but you're never going to fully just eliminate him. Mm-hmm. Doug Marone said he didn't know if you could cover him one-on-one. Yep. So bracket him, that doesn't really matter. I mean, you guys know. Yep. Um, and this is a traditional cover three base. So their base is zone, and Bill Belichick, Tom Brady, Josh McDaniels, and Rob Gronkowski can eat up zone especially a cover three where there'll be definite pockets for Kronkowski to go out in the flat. He'll go out uh, and run a post. Like he's going to have options there. The problem is if the Jaguars decide to play man, they have a bunch of players that are really good in man coverage, but one or two mistakes against Gronk in coverage and you're done. So it, it's going to be interesting to see how Todd Wash really, really handles Gronkowski and tries to get him out of the game. Yeah, from up here, from from at least my perspective, I kind of wondered about the Boye thing. Whereas, you know, look at the Patriots this year. They've struggled actually throwing to the outside and outside the numbers to, to Brandon Cooks and even Chris Hogan. They just got him back last week, and he wasn't really the same guy that he was earlier on in the year. I guess what's the downfall to putting Boye on him out besides in the red zone? Is it just being susceptible to man coverage and him, you know, beating him man-to-man? I think the size difference in the red zone is the big issue. I think Ramsey's also the more physical corner. Um, they're both really physical, but Ramsey actually packs a punch. You're going to have to press him on every play, no matter who's on him. Um, and that might, you know, take a half a second off of, you know, Brady's progression. So I, I, it just it seems like an insurmountable issue, but that said – if the Jaguars can take away the running game and take away the short area passing game with James White and Deion Lewis and Rex Burkhead and all that, then they got a shot. 
I mean, I think the Jaguars have to put up at least 24 points to win this game. Like, there's there's no question in my mind. Mm-hmm. And if Blake Bortles shows up the way he did and Leonard Fournette shows up the way he did against the Steelers, they have a shot. But Tom Brady really doesn't turn the ball over all that much. I know he had that bad five-game stretch where there were some interceptions. But this is the playoffs. This is the AFC Championship. He's now healthy. I talked to Jeff Howe on my radio show last night, and he said that Brady's now fully healthy, not dealing with any lower leg issues. It stopped him from putting velocity on his throws. Hogan, as you said, is healthy again. Um, you know, Amendola is having a pretty good stretch. It's going to be hard. It, it, it really, I mean, because this team is, has dwelled and depended on defensive turnovers so much that when they don't get them, it, it, it's very hard to win. If you look against the game against the Steelers, they had a forced fumble for return for an intercept for a touchdown, and then they had an interception on the second drive. So those helped them build leads, almost insurmountable leads. Yep. So I think, I think overall it's tough. Yep. I wanted to ask you about those turnovers because I would agree with you that the Jaguars probably have no chance of winning this game unless they do force a turnover or two. And I saw our stats say I think they've forced. They have eight defensive touchdowns and nine road games like that, something like that. How are they? How are yep. they? How are they forcing all these turnovers? Is it? Are they getting lucky a few of these times, or are, are they really creating these turnovers? Donnie Kingakwe is very good at producing sack strips. He led the NFL with them, um, and it, it's they're relatively consistent. He gets them once every other game. It seems like uh, those have been good, and guys have just been in position to return touchdowns. Um, the interceptions have been based on skill. Uh, the thing you have to worry about is, while Telvin Smith isn't the best in coverage, he is one of the most opportunistic linebackers you'll ever see. If he gets his hand on a ball and he's got space in front of him, he could be gone. So he, he scored three defensive touchdowns by himself this year. So that's something to consider. Mm-hmm. Let's go to the other side of the ball for the Jaguars. You mentioned the key of, of Fournette. How is he health-wise? I know that he, he wasn't the same guy in the second half against the Steelers, and I know he got in that minor car accident today. What's the expectation? Is he going to be 100% next, next Sunday, or is it still going to be a case of him you know, managing the injury? Well, I think he's got to manage the injury, but if you watch him in the second half of that game against the Steelers, he was phenomenal. So, um, you know, he's probably going to have to get treatment during the week. I doubt they let him practice all that often. Um, T.J. Yeldon was very good in relief. Uh, Yeldon is a very good receiver out of the backfield. His pass protection is probably up there in the top ten of running backs. He's a great third down back. But he really showed life uh, against, the, against the Steelers. It was the best game of his career. So if he keeps playing up to the competition level and up to the, the magnitude of the game, I think – you know, he can be somebody to watch out for as well. Mm-hmm. And how's Bortles look this year? I mean, you look at you, everyone has a perception of Blake Bortles being a bad quarterback, but then, you know, when you go and look at the actual numbers, I think that the, the Jaguars had the number six ranked overall offense, and that's not points. That, that's overall. That's not the defense helping him out with, with points. How has he been successful this year? And has, has it been more than just, just the running game? What has Bortles done to be successful? Well, he hasn't really had the, – the final five games of the, of the year, he really didn't have the running game to rely on. Um, he had three best games of his career in a three-game homestand against the Seahawks, the Texans, and the Colts. Um, and you know what? He hasn't been asked to do a lot. He's taking what the defense gives him, and that's what he's going to have to do against the Patriots. I'll give you two really interesting stats. 
when Bortles doesn't throw an interception this season, the Jaguars are 10 and 0. When he when he has a passer rating of over 90, they're 7 and 0. So that's something you need to consider with him. If he's not having to throw more than 25 times a game, this Jaguars team is in really good shape because the running game's playing well. He's taking what what the defense gives him and he's not turning the ball over, forcing the Jaguars to make up for for blunders. Mm-hmm. Right. Now, he hasn't faced the cornerback duo quite as good as Stephon Gilmore and, you know, uh, Malcolm Butler this year. He also hasn't really faced a lot of really good free safeties. He played against Earl Thomas, which he, he was fine against, but I think Devin McCourty is a whole different animal. So it'll be interesting to see how he handles this coverage unit. Mm-hmm. What's the perception of him in Jacksonville? Is he, is he a fan favorite? Well, I think people like him a lot as a person. His personality is very interesting. I will tell you, writers love him because he's a great quote, and he handles criticism extremely well. There are some that still think that this team could be a lot better with a better quarterback, and I, I, that, I don't think that's far-fetched, but I think he's played his way into some play, people's hearts. Another stat for you, since 2013, Blake Bortles is the only drafted quarterback to, play, to start and win two playoff games. That's kind of mind-numbing yeah. if you really think about it. How do you walk away from a guy like that when he's the third overall pick in the 2014 draft? Dave Codwell still here, the general manager. And, I mean, you know, if you look at his stat line, I think the Jaguars, if you looked at the, just the general stats and not name the quarterback, the Jaguars would have taken that stat line in a heartbeat compared to what Blake's done in the past. Mm-hmm. Wanted to ask you about Jalen Ramsey and his guarantee at, at the rally that he had. What is, are people making a big deal about it down there? Is that just how the, the team is? Like you mentioned that they're big on social media and big with the fans. Is that confident sort of what, what the fans are like too and it's not really a big deal down there? It's getting a lot of play up here. Well, I think the moment got to him. Um, it was really special. I was there. They came off the plane and went straight to the stadium and there were 10,000 fans in the stadium the applause and the cheers were louder than any 2016 regular season game. And really, you know, I think just guys were, were just stunned with the support and really felt good about themselves. Uh, Calais Campbell was even more boisterous than he normally is, Helvin Smith. I don't think Jalen meant to say they it meant it as a guarantee. I just think he meant, like, if you give that level of support, we'll will our way through to a Super Bowl. So I, it, I'm not trying to downplay it because he said it, but like I don't think it was he was in the right mind when he said it. If mm-hmm. that makes sense. What's the the chant that he says after what he said about the is that is that the county that you guys are in? Duval. Yes. Yes. Where where where, where did that start? Does everybody say that? Yeah, that is a that is a phrase. Um, there are mixed reports as to how that started, but it's something that's gotten going over the years. Um, you know, Duval County is a very proud county. It's the whole city of Jacksonville. So it's something that a lot of people have a lot of pride in here, and I think the Jaguars have just really adapted that. Uh-huh. Is that something that, that gets played on the video board there? Like Up here, we, we had no idea what that, what that was. Yeah, yeah, okay. that's exactly what happens. They'll yell, Duval, and then fans will cheer and stuff like that. Got it. One more question. A, a big deal up here, I guess, is is being made of Tom Coughlin, and you know, obviously, he beat the Patriots in two Super Bowls. What is, has his? Have you seen an imprint from Tom Coughlin 
from his time there? I, I know that he hasn't really been there that long to, to do that much, but is, is, what's his role, I guess, and do you see his imprint on the team at all? Oh, there's de- his imprint's definitely all over the team. Um, especially from a practice standpoint, like Belichick, he's a big believer that you win games based on how you practice. He's very old school. He overlooks a lot of Doug Marone's uh, practice habits and practice uh, approaches. Um, and I think that's where he's helped this team. This team's a lot more serious than it was under Gus Bradley and, and that former regime. Uh, he's also drawn guys into agency because he brings respectability to the franchise. So I think if you look at guys like Calais Campbell or uh, Barry Church, who joined up, I think that those guys bought in because of Coughlin's presence. Mm-hmm. Do you see him having any impact at all on the game itself this weekend? Yeah, sure. I mean, I, he's not in Marone's ear. He'll be in the press box with us or in a suite, but I think he'll help him prepare for what it, what does well against Belichick and, and what does well against Brady because he knows better than anyone. He's had more success against them than any head coach in the league. Mm-hmm. One more for you. Is Marone uh, an aggressive coach, like the, the going for it on fourth down? Is that something that he does all season? Because, you know, we see teams up here against the Patriots where sometimes they, they don't play aggressive and it comes back to hurt them. Is Marone an aggressive coach, and do you expect him to be aggressive this weekend? I think he's calculated. So I think he takes risks when he thinks there's an opening. For instance, they've had three fake punts this year that have gone for massive plays. Uh, he, they like to do the fake punt every now and then. They used it against the Ravens. They've had it in other games as well. Off the top of my head, I, I forgot the other two games. But they like to use some trickery. Um, and he's down for going for it on fourth and one. I think it's just he, he needs to weigh the odds and if it's manageable or not. But he has the utmost confidence in his team, his coaches, and I think he's comfortable with where he's at with this team. That said, though, he did tell me the other day that he thought that Gillette Stadium was the toughest place to play in the league, not because of the fans, but because of how well the Brady-Belichick connection is done there. The Jaguars have never beaten the Patriots at Gillette Stadium. They're 0-5. They own a 1-10 record all time against the Patriots. So it's, he's got some, some facts to back up how tough that is. Yep. Too early, I think, to make an official game prediction, but do you have any sense as to how the game's going to go? Do you, do you expect a close game that comes down to the end? Oh, yeah. This whole nine-point underdog thing is absolutely unreal to me. Yep. I think this is going to be a one-to-three-point three game. I could, I could be talked down from it, but at, right now I feel really good about the Jaguars uh, 24-23. That would, that's what, that would be what I would go with. I just think this defense is super fast. They have multiple ways to get at you. Um, and I think Bortles is a streaky guy, and now he's on a pretty nice streak. So mm-hmm. we'll see. I, I think if Patriots fans are feeling overconfident, uh, maybe they should take the scale it back a little bit. I think the same can be said for Jaguars fans. I think this is a toss-up game. And if anything, the Patriots have all the historical advantages, but the Jaguars have been squashing uh, you know, bad franchise marks all year. So it'll be interesting to see. Yep. Really appreciate your time. Uh, you, are you coming up here for the game? I will be there, yep. Awesome. Looking forward to it. It should be, should be a good atmosphere. Uh, thanks again for your time. And where, where can fi- fans find your work? Sure. Uh, firstcoastnews.com in the sports page. And then you can also follow me on Twitter at Mike underscore E underscore K-A-Y-E.
Perfect. Th- thanks a lot. We'll see you up here this weekend. Sounds good. Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives we're consumed by all the what if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun if you're like us then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass or play call each week on alternate routes we'll take a flashpoint in sports break down what actually happened then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused follow alternate routes on the wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts you can listen early and ad free right now by joining wondery plus